0: Somebody has been struggling a little bit um, financially. And the Lord showed me a knot that you've been trying to pull against. It's like, you know, you you know how you're trying to unravel, like, say, some cords or something like that. And you go pulling on them, pulling on them, and it winds up in a knot. And the Lord is saying, just let go of your, just let go of the rope. And he'll get it loosed for you. He'll get it unknotted for you. But that pull that you, 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 you're you struggling, you're fearful, you're uncertain, you're unsure, and it's calling you, causing you to tug a little bit against God, and it's knotting things up. And God said, if you let go and trust me, then I'll unknot that for you, and the free flow will return. Amen? Free flow will return. So, Father, we thank you that the free flow of our finances is returning to us, and we bless you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, now you let go. Let go father we let go no worries no cares we cast our cares upon you you care for us and we thank you for that lord in jesus name amen 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 do thank you for for your word and thank you for understanding comes with your holy word we bless you we praise you we honor you and we love you today we thank you for all things that you're doing for us to help us in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Praise God. Well, I was uh, thinking about uh, what what direction we need to go in exhorting people. Uh, I was talking to Bishop Russell recently. Uh, it was He was asking me about uh, uh, someone who has a ministry on teaching spiritual warfare. And I told him, I said, well, Bishop, I said, you don't have to bring nobody in. I said, if you want to, we could do that. And uh, I think it kind of surprised him a little bit, but he thought about it, and I didn't think it would come this way. But anyway, uh, it's a good thing because uh, that's one of the things that God's given me to do is to study warfare. Now, there's a difference between studying demons and studying warfare. Got me? Um, Unfortunately, a lot of what starts out as studying war winds up being just, uh, you know, reciting names of devils and seeing visions and all this kind of stuff that really uh, doesn't help a whole lot. You know, some of that information is good, but it's good according to what you do with it. And so uh, one of the things that God has encouraged me to do is always involve people in understanding the mandates of the church to war. We are are mandated to war. Now, what are we warring about and what are we warring over? Well, in Ephesians 3.10, it says here, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So it's the job of the church to make known to principalities and powers what God's wisdom is. In all situations, what does God's word say about this city? What does God's word say about your family? What does God's word say about your job, about your body, about your thought life? All of these things. There are evil forces that are, are, are holding down a large portion of the resources of the earth. And they do it by holding down the minds and the attentions of people. They hold their hearts uh, hostage and captive. And so God's mandate to the church is to release people from the grip of these principalities and powers by making known to them the wisdom of God. So when we were praying earlier, we were making known to the principalities that that hover over the city of Detroit and the surrounding areas, we were making them known. That making it known to them that we're not going to just sit here and wring our hands. We're not going to feel bad about things. We're not going to join that conversation that says how bad things are, but we are going to rejoice. The manifold wisdom of God is to rejoice over what this city used to be and still is and will be. There are roots of greatness still. Whenever a tree has grown, unless somebody uproots it, pulls it out by the roots, there's still life there that it can be breathed on. So there are roots in this area of, of innova- innovation, invention. Uh, there's uh, freedom to worship. There's freedom to uh, be expressive in all areas of life, in financial areas, in in, um, artistic areas. In all areas of life, there's great freedom that's been allowed here. There's great pioneering that has been been done in this city, where people have stuck with things until they figured them out and perfected them and then made them available to other people, so those those kinds of roots when you have those kinds of roots, and then the enemy comes and tries to destroy the fruit to make you think it's all hopeless. see the only thing that happened is a a man by the name of Toy Oda came and visited. Uh, Henry Ford's a Ford uh, factory at um, uh, River Rouge, as a matter of fact, I visited there in 1951, and by uh, uh, 40 years later, he had almost taken over that whole industry. Why? He just found a good idea, and was able to to uh, sway people that he could do a better job than what people had known. And little by little, that that business was taken away. Well, we believe in, in fair market and all this kind of stuff. But for years, this country had sown into poorer nations. And for years, this country had been at the mercy of, of people who were bargaining for more and a bigger, bigger piece of the pie until there wasn't much pie left for anybody. And so now we have situations where uh, they're dire and they need to have a revamping, but the roots of greatness are still there. The roots of good things are still there. And they're the good things that happen are God things. They're not just some smart man got an idea one day. These, these are God-breathed ideas or they won't stay around for very long. You know, anything the devil does, he tears it up himself. You understand what I'm saying? He's like the You ever have one of them kids and nobody liked them and you if you found they found out you was having a party, they came anyway. <laughs> and tore everything up, because everybody was, Oh, how'd he get in here? Oh Lord, I'm going home now. And they just tear that's the devil, see. Tear up everything before he even gets his hands involved in it. And so <clears throat> that's his mission to destroy. He's not going to do anything but tear it up. But God If it lasts, if the idea lasts and the product and the fruit lasts, it's got to be God. See, God's in there supporting it somewhere. And so then our ministry and our mission as believers, whether you're a watchman or not, whether you call yourself a watchman, uh, it doesn't matter what you called. It matters what you do. And it matters, you know, how committed you are to it. And so you have to, to make a stand on these issues and not waver. You can't just go somewhere and do something else because somebody else is doing it. You know, it seems like the, the fun thing to do. I was telling Pastor Shirley, I said, I guess we must be getting old for real because we have seen seen this, <laughs> this, this cycle two or three times, you know. A uh, new revelation comes to the body of Christ. Everybody's excited about it until all the excitement's over and they all go home like they've been at a big party. And who's left to clean up? It's always the people that pray it's always the people that love God and have a bigger vision and feel responsible to make sure that they use their faith and they use their resources to advance God's kingdom and help people who cannot help themselves. And so this is a major, major uh, uh, focus for us, and we do it by taking authority at the highest level you could take it. You got me? You must take authority at the highest level you can take it. You've got to attack authority. Whoever is in control because your God has all authority. There's no such thing as a devil that's too big for you to tackle. Um, The bigger they come, the harder they fall, but they will fall. You know, you just have to be consistent and you have to stay with it. You know, you've got to stay with it. And you have to keep your spirit engaged. You have to stay strong in the Lord. You have to stay strong in your prayer life and in your reading the word and and being under authority, being under the word and be sincere about it. And so there, are, there's a lot of discipline involved in being able to to carry this weight of authority, but you can do it the the church has been designed to do exactly that it's not too hard for us to do so each person does his part each person person use his faith to attack these things and to pull them down and don't take no for an answer you know don't don't i don't care how much the devil's people squirm you know don't you move Amen. you know you don't have to move let him move Amen. and so we have to understand that when we are dethroning these principalities in in making changes on these seats of authority in spiritual places, then that's what God's looking for and he wants us to do. In Habakkuk chapter 2, it tells you the activities of a watchman or or it alludes to the activities of the watchman and I uh, have them listed. I I said the the, uh, activities of a watchman fall in four basic categories. Number one is observation. You've got to know what you're looking at. You must know what you're looking at. You observe not for finding problems, and you observe not for having something interesting to talk about. Let me tell you something. God's not interesting. You know, (laughs) he's God. And the revelation he gives is not interesting. It's to be utilized, to do something with, to do something good with. You know, sometimes when people hear a teaching, they'll say, Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that was deep. Oh, that was... But Take it and use it. You know, go hit the devil over the head with it. You know, if you got enough stuff, go hit him again and get some from me. You understand what I'm saying? About but go do something with it. We don't just sit... This isn't just, uh, you know, theological talk here. you going to need this this week. Trust me. <laughs> so in a, in a, according to Habakkuk 2.1... Oh, I'm sorry. I was giving you the the uh, the activities of the Watchman. Number one, observation, and that's observation in the spirit. Let God show you what you see. Remember, the prophet would God would tell tell him something. He said, "Tell me what you see." And the prophet would repeat what he God told me. He said, "You have well seen. I will hasten my word to perform it." Make sure you well see. Okay? Make sure what you see is what God tells you to see. You know, if if you've got people who are close friends, you know, pastors go through this all the time. We see people that have been faithful members for years and all of a sudden they mad at everybody and get bitter and, you know, talk about you on Facebook and, you know, unbook and all this kind of stuff. And and want to, you know, just be angry and, and bitter all the time. You know, and and so you you have to allow those people uh, to just go do what they need to do, but you can't sit up and talk. Well, they just real nice. Well, they just confuse. You don't know what they are. See, so you make sure your observation is a God observation. My number one observation, will is they ain't here. You know, and maybe that's a good thing. You know, or they be up here bitter and. Looking all sour, looking at my face. And, uh, you know, some days I'm just barely feeling good up in here, see? So you just have to look according to what God says. You don't need to make excuses for people. People sin all the time. You understand what I'm saying? They get mad and don't don't know the basics about forgiveness, you know? That's like Christianity 101. And so they still need to pass the forgiveness test if they want to break fellowship with people who, you know, care about them and pray for them and love them. You know, and when you think about it, that's kind of a crazy thing to do. I see people that, you know, a a husband or a wife will get saved in a household and they go AWOL. I just can't take it no more. You know, that kind of stuff. I said, now you know, that person really is a lunatic. You're going to leave a household that's covered in prayer where your your spouse is trying to live for God, holiness, and righteousness have come into your life, all of a sudden, you can't take it no more. huh? So, you know, people get deranged. Let them get deranged. But don't try to call derangement okay and make excuses for it. You got me? And if you, you reach out to them and they don't respond, leave them alone. Because you'll be over there next. Breaking your neck trying to get with somebody that don't want to get with you. Yes. Yes. You know, when I was a young slip of a girl, we had more dignity than that. If a boy didn't want to date you, you know, you, you went, you went three falls. <laughs> and if if you won all three of them, you picked him up and took him home. Oh, they don't. Sorry. Oops. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong crowd. (laughs) Wrong crowd. Sorry. Okay. All right. Listen up out there. I wouldn't have to go back that far. Y'all didn't. But you know what I'm saying. Come on now. People do all kind of crazy things. You know, you you quit calling them, quit answering the calls, and they still calling you all the time and texting you and then inventing answers and all this kind of stuff. Well, he said so and so when I texted He said nothing. He even seen that text. He tried to get rid of you. Come on now. How'd I get over there? Observation. Make sure your observations are God. You know, sometimes if people don't want to be around you, they're doing you a favor. I mean, come on, respect yourself. I'm telling you, we make too many excuses. We cross a line too much. Trying to retrieve something that's not ours to begin with. Let God, people belong to God. Let God take care of them. <clears throat> make sure your observations are what God tells you they are. You don't, sometimes you can't know anything. You know, I know people, so I get letters from people sometime emails and stuff i had a dream so and so and such and such what does that mean i'm thinking well you dreamt it come on now that that letter came to your mailbox that one ain't for me but you know, sometimes when I get really indignant, God will give me an interpretation for him and then I'm embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? But my thing is, talk to God about all things. Don't don't even believe what you see sometimes until God verifies it for you. So observation in God is one of the activities of Watchman. The second one is interpretation. So you got to see what God tells you to see and you have to... Interpret it the way God tells you to interpret it. So interpret accurately what you see. If it's a spiritual force involved in it, you call it what it is. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not a people thing, even though that, that devil might have a nice looking dress on. You understand what I'm saying? It's, you're not wrestling against people. It's not an indictment against a person. I got a lot fewer devils now than I had 15 years ago. Let me say it to you this way. So we all fight in the same devil and we're all being delivered of influences that are not godly influences. And so you, you address it that way, you know, and, and keep it on a spiritual level. The third one is action. What action does God want you to take? How swift action does God want you to take? Some devils I jump on fast. It's just, it's like, you know, it's just in me. (laughs) It's just in you. Uh, You know, you see especially, you know, ones that that will will lure children away or or will lure lure, uh, saints away. You know, you jump on them real fast uh, because they're invading something that belongs to God. You know, people don't belong to the devil. He can't create nothing but trouble. The fourth is accountability. God wants you accountable. So your prayer is not a, a voluntary, maybe you feel like it, maybe you don't. He wants you accountable. Accountable people pursue accomplishment. They pursue accomplishing their prayer assignment. So according to Habakkuk one, he says, I will stand upon my watch, set me upon the tower And will watch to see what he, meaning God, will say to me what I shall answer when I'm reproved. You and I have to answer for the city of Detroit. You and I have to answer for our families. You and I have to answer for people in the workplace. We have to answer and be accountable for helping those souls to get where God wants them to get. You know, sometimes it's it's for a person to get a little bit further in their salvation. Sometimes it's for a person to be healed and to know that God loves them and wants them well. All kinds of things, but these are things that God's holding us accountable for. And you can't walk away from it and say, well, you know, I don't have it or that wasn't my assignment or just shrug it off as though it, it's not for you to get involved in it. The church must get involved in everything That the enemy is doing to steal from people. Whenever destruction is going on. Oppression. The Bible says Jesus was anointed of God. Everybody wants the anointing. You need the anointing to work for God. So he says he was anointed by God and went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with them. When God's with you, you'll do good and you'll heal and you'll break bands of oppression. You'll care about people suffering. And you know you have the goods to do something about it. You got me? Now well, people say, well, I don't know about all this taking authority over the devil. Try it. You'll like it. Huh? You'll love it. It'll become one of your most favorite things to do. Everybody's got some little bossiness in them somewhere. You know, even the most gentle people. If something bugs you enough, you'll you'll rise up against it. That's all you're doing is rising up against what is against you and against humanity. We have a, a a a mandate from God, to to make all of His enemies His footstool. And what God says sometimes, He says, "I don't have nothing to prop my feet up on, huh? Go out, hit some devils for me, and bring me a footstool back." That's all it's about, huh? It's just go do your work, church. Do what I commanded you to do and put them under my feet and let me prop my feet up on something, huh? Let me, let me have the joy of seeing the bride of Christ go out and do what she's commanded to do. So in Habakkuk two 2.2, he says, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain. This is where people lose lose it because they don't want to ever be to go down in record as saying they said God was going to do something and they prayed for it and God did it. You got me? They just like to have this loose association with a prayer life. And you know, well, I was praying, but yeah, my prayer partner, you know, they don't they don't answer when I call. No, mom. Six months later. See, if you were interested in praying, you'd have said it the first time. What you've been doing all that time. Amen. Having a party. See, so you can lose your grip real easy, folks. That's why you gotta stay diligent. You have to stay focused. You have to you have to pray like it's your daily bread, like it's your job. Amen. You know, because it is your job. And you see it as a job. You see it just like somebody who is going to uh, you know, like you know, people be late for prayer and get to the job on time. You know, you don't want to split yourself off like that. Because you might slip up and be late for that job. Right. <laughs> and then you really get nervous. But we're talking about integrity here. A walk with God and a heart for God will put integrity inside of you that you don't consider anything to be worthy of putting on the back burner or treating it lightly. That might be your child that needs prayer. That might be your cousin out there that, that's missing. Somebody kidnapped him or something. That might be yo somebody. You got me? And so we pray like it is ours. See? You're responsible. That's, that's my child out there. I don't know him, but that child is my responsibility to see to it that they get safely back home again. And so once you undertake like that, and quit the shenanigans, you know, then you'll be a, a, a greater help to God. He'll put more on you. He'll he'll be able to trust you more. You'll be able to accomplish more. The other thing that the church is responsible for, or what do we say, write the vision and make it plain, that he may run that reads it. That's what you all just did. Some of you for the first time, you saw a vision of prayers that we prayed in this ministry for almost 30 years, and you read it, and you were able to run with it. You prayed that prayer like you've been praying it all your life. Most of you saw it for the first time. You didn't stumble over the words. Why? Because it's a vision from God that's been made plain to you. So you can read it and run with it. You can you can say, this is for me. This is something that's going to help my life. This is something that I can relate to. This is something that's going to be a blessing for me. So the vision, even though it tarry, wait for it. And that's the other part. Uh, that the watchman has to be involved in, you have to exercise the fruit of patience so that you can endure and you'll can, and you see 10 years later an answer to prayer. You'll see 15 or 30 years later an answer to prayer. You'll see after you get to heaven answers to prayer. You got me? You're going to leave some hanging down here when you leave here. But you will see the glory of God because he will certainly answer these things. So you have the satisfaction of knowing that you have contributed to a great work in God even though you just sat there and read a prayer or you prayed in tongues or you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You are one step closer to being empowered to do damage to the devil's kingdom. See, so You want to tear it down for real. You, you understand what I'm saying? You don't want to just sing about it. You want to be a force to be reckoned with in the earth. And that's what God is, is, is imparting to us uh, as the church. He's imparting the power. He said, all power in heaven and earth is given to me. I give it to whoever I want to. Remember the devil told him at one point, I got everything. If you bow down and worship me, I'll give it to you. Jesus said, um, excuse me. It's already written what I'm going to do. See, this is how you need to talk to the devil. Excuse me. It's already written what I'm going to do. Huh? I wouldn't go. I don't care how tough it gets around the saints. You know, it's the first thing the devil say. Oh, look at them over there. They ain't doing this. They ain't doing that. You know, I know many times when when uh, we step out in faith and do something, it looks like the the money won't come in or something won't be paid or something like that you know then the devil starts oh look at that you know you can't be gone what you when you going to retire look devil when you going to retire i'm gonna be here when you gone i have no plans of going nowhere huh oh you could find you something better to do than this all oh, this cold weather and your stiff bones sitting up there looking all no devil I'm staying right here in this cold weather. In fact, I think I'm gonna pray for it to warm up. Cause it's already written what my life is gonna be about. It's already written. I'm just following what's written about me. So Jesus told Satan what was written already, and and he wound up. Satan wound up having to give up everything. See. He said up there in Luke chapter four, He sitting telling Jesus, all this is mine. Listen, you worship me, I'll let you have this. All this mine. Huh? After Calvary, Jesus said, No, all power is given to me. I'm gonna give it to who I want to. I'm gonna give it to y'all. Huh? Thought you had something, but I got it for sure. Why? Jesus followed what was written of him. The devil's following what's written of him too. He just ain't bragging about it because what's written about him ain't real cool. You know what I mean? (laughs) So you have authority. You You have blank warrants for the devil's arrest. Exercise them. You got a whole book of them. Huh? Psalm 149. In verse 6, verse 5, let the saints be joyful in glory. See, there's nothing nothing better to make you joyful than to know that the enemy's under your feet and to walk like it and act like it and live the fruit of it every day. There's nothing better than that. He says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Verse 5, let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. It's the word of God. And I don't mean just your Bible toting it around. I mean speaking the word, meditating on the word, hiding it in your heart, understanding it. And let that word be your praise. Let that word be your weapon. And he says, to execute vengeance (laughs) upon the devil says heathen here, but that was Old Testament. You know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood anymore. And punishments upon them to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the written judgments. This honor has all of the saints... Remember Joshua, when when they first went over, you know, he's, he's about sick of going around the mountain so many times, but he held on to his faith. He held on to the fact that God had given them that mountain, and that one day they would conquer that mountain, they would live there. And so he held on to that, but he realized that he was raising up younger warriors that maybe didn't have that courage. And so the way he instilled courage in the young warriors and the young men that were following him is that when the, the kings that they had overthrown and overcome, once they had won the battle, he would take the smallest ones out and make them stick their, their foot on the king's neck while he was down there on the ground. So take that fear, right? It's come step on come step, come step on him, step on him. Get that fear out of you. See, the way to get fear out of you is to confront that thing that you fear with the power of God. See, you confront it with the power of God, and it has to bow and it has to release what it's holding. See, not only are you binding, but they're dropping what they're trying to take, they're releasing what they're holding. And so, and that spoil is what we what we need our prayers are praying for for finances to come to us and property to come to us and things to be returned to us you won't get it unless you step on the devil's neck and execute written judgments what's written about him he got no power over me he got no business with my kids he's got no business with my husband he got no did i say us okay yeah him too (laughs) huh everything you got Huh? Even your gnarly toenails, he got no business with those. You know, things you're you not that fond of, you got to make him let him go. And so when we understand that the written, there are judgments written, there's like arrest warrants, a stack of them that haven't, they're waiting to be executed on demons that are holding schools in hostage, holding young people hostage through drugs, through abandonment, through all kinds of things. They are waiting for the saints to pick up those warrants and execute them and arrest the devil and make him let go of what he's holding. You know, people say things, well, you know, I tried that. No, you didn't. This isn't something you try. This is something you're committed to. This is a way of life for you, huh? Huh? Everybody like to fight sometimes. You know, I don't care how much love love peace and soul you got in you you like to fight somebody sometime. You know, fight is just in people. Well, just make sure you direct it the right way. See, this keeps you from misdirecting your aggression. <clears throat> so, so in and so this is what God is waiting for. He says this dignity. Yeah. This is what belongs to all of the saints. This is for us, and this is what God has set aside for us. And he wants that to happen. He wants it to happen in a big way. When we we understand that uh, there's only one throne over a city, and so it has to be occupied either by uh, a prince of darkness or the prince of light. And so when there are dark things going on in your city, the prince of light wants on that throne. And Jesus wants us to bring those powers down under his authority so he can sit there and he can rule and reign for the good. And so we have to understand that there's either one or the other on every seat of authority. You want the Lord Jesus Christ up there in all of his glory so that the people of God can can do the things that need to be done. God will will give authority to his saints and to his ministers to allow certain things and to not allow certain things. The Bible says whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Why do we allow so many things? Why do we allow so many things? We have to rise up and take authority and understand that God is with us in all of those things. So God is waiting for us to dethrone these princes. In Ephesians 6, it talks about the different levels of authority that you would get involved in. And I don't want anybody memorizing pieces of armor and who this level is and that level is. Just When you sense resistance against the word of God and you sense activity that's against God, take authority over it. Don't get excited about it. Don't go run and tell 15 people about it. Don't marvel at it. But stay with the spirit and take authority over whatever it is that's causing the trouble. If you will pray in the Holy Ghost, if you pray in tongues for a short period of time, God will tell you how to address that entity if you don't already know and you it's good to have prayers where you pray the word on a regular basis this always keeps the enemy at a distance because your life then gets hedged around about by the word of God so it's a good thing to always have the word of God right at your hand so that you can can move into these areas and make a difference for God so in Ephesians 6 it says here in verse 10 finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might he says put on the whole armor of god you know don't just get a scripture or get a a a word here or something there but be fully clothed in the armor of god worship god Declare the word of God, prophesy to these evil princes and tell them what the word of God says and what they better do. And so he he says here, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Now, principality really is the highest order of spiritual power and dominion that there is. It is the highest seat of spiritual authority. I remember when the day that I told God and, and I knew that he had called me into the ministry at first, I was just saved and, and didn't know what I was supposed to do. And I was willing to do anything God told me to do. And I said, God, if, you know, I don't have to be somebody up front. I can work behind the scenes. You know, I know how to stay in the kitchen and, you know, turn out a meal, whatever, you know, whatever. I don't know what saints need, but, you know, I'm willing. And and so when, when he began to tell me about prayer, And I remember being in a a women's Bible study and I would see people come in uh, distraught and upset one week and we would pray and the next week that thing was gone. And I told God, I said, you know this is wonderful i said i want to do this i want to do more of it and after a couple of years of of regular intercession i told the lord i said "Now, lord i know is somebody pulling the strings on these little devils i keep chasing around here and i told him i said i don't want to just chase small devils i want the big guy i said i want who's in charge and i want to get rid of him because i felt it was possible for believers to do that there was just no stopping and so god Released to me started releasing to me greater anointing to do more things to be helpful in the kingdom folks not to tell people i can cast out devils you know you don't do it for that but you do it to help humanity and humanity needs help. in fact i would like to be able to do some damage on some bigger ones that i see that don't move too fast you understand me? there's always more territory to conquer so the principality is the highest level it's the beginning of the devil's influence it's where the big brain of the devil's kingdom comes from and so you you have to have a brain that's that's pretty solid yourself bible says that that you cast down imaginations and and things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of god and bring into obedience and captivity and and once you've you've settled your obedience then you can go out and attack other things you know you avenge disobedience once your obedience is fulfilled so you can't go and and think you're fighting a lust devil when when you don't know what bed to sleep in at night you understand me i don't care who sits under your ministry and what who, who calls you a preacher if you don't obey the one man one wife that's in the bible you know if you can't get with that, and you're constantly looking at somebody else, and you got her knocked up, and y'all in the church and singing and all that kind of stuff, and then you're looking at somebody, you you, you don't you don't qualify. You can forget this. You can forget this, cause you're so overtaken and, and you're such putty in the devil's hand. You'll never you you gotta get yourself free first, brother. You know, <laughs> heal yourself, physician. Dig yourself, brother. But if you're a free person, you live a righteous life, there's no stopping you. There's no stopping you. The only thing that stops you is your own thoughts and inactivity. So a principality is where it all begins. It's the cornerstone, the first estate for demonic activity. Powers mean forces. It means a superhuman force that comes against something powers might be political powers they might be religious powers sometimes you have control in churches and in in false things there that are are wielded against people anything that keeps the power of god out is a devil folks i don't care what denomination it belongs to rulers of darkness that means that the the shadiness of forces that work behind the scenes some of these forces work to bombard your mind with wicked ideas you ever sit up and just minding your own business and all of a sudden your your thoughts go drifting off you didn't just drift off huh there was a, a ruler of darkness that sits there whispering kind of whispering in your own voice to pull you over into his realm, gets you upset, gets you short tempered, all that kind of stuff, works in deception. Spiritual wickedness means any influence against the human being that causes him dis ease, disfavor, disorder, puts you in a not peaceful position, tries to steal your peace, taking things away from you. You know that that word shalom means to be intact, everything, in a state, in mind, body, everything, nothing missing, nothing broken. You got me, and so rulers of uh, uh, spiritual wickedness comes to just disturb that. Yeah, you know, one of the the common things that happens, a common cold, is a a a, a, a result of spiritual wickedness. You can go into areas and start coughing and, and, you know, get the sniffles or something like that. And then come away and go back into your normal place and it do not even bother you. You understand what I'm saying? People with children go through this all the time. They go to school healthy and come back. Spiritual wickedness, folks, is attacked your child. you got to make them, leave them alone. Plead the blood over them. till Tell the devil, don't you dare touch my way. He may not come home sick. huh? The other part of uh, a level of authority is a dominion. These are parceled out areas of influence. So after the principality has decided, uh, you know, how he's going to control an area, control people's minds, control their activities, then he will set dominions up where there are certain influences that are, are are rampant there. Some of them are subtle and some of them are overt. A dominion you have here is 8 Mile. Everybody knows what's on that side of 8 Mile, ah, but what's on this side, of well, maybe we got a chance. You know? See, that's a dominion. There's a, a strict line of demarcation. In Cleveland, it's east side and west side. It's that bridge that takes you across over to the west side. That's a dominion. So the dominions will have certain things that attract people to it and they will have certain things that repel people from it. So it it will allow certain things to happen and disallow certain things to happen. One thing you know about a dominion is all the devil. You know, you may think south of 8 Mile is real bad, but north it's subtle. You got me? Huh? Sometimes you get find somebody that's got a property with forty bodies buried on it. And you thought they were nice neighbors. You understand what I'm saying? So the devil's the devil, folks. There's no there's no better devil and worse devil. It's all the devil. You got me? You know the devil does that. He likes to he likes to keep people confused. Well, I get them over here and think they safe, and then, yeah, whatever. He's an equal opportunity devil. He'll go anywhere. He can't destroy anybody yet. The other, the other uh, level of authority are thrones. These can be real thrones in the earth. You'll see false religions set up thrones where they can intimidate people. Islam is a throne where it operates in a certain way with people. It's very controlling. And limits people's freedom and activity, <clears throat> all those kinds of things. So we are called to wrestle against all of these things, folks. You can't say some of that one ain't so bad. They're all bad. It's not up for you to say something is bad, worse, whatever. Anything of the devil is bad. And so we have to address it as such, be relentless in our pursuit of it, and and let God know that we're not going anywhere. We're going to occupy until Jesus comes. If we see a new devil, all we need to do is get a read on him and make sure that ain't somebody's, you know, pet tiger or something. You, you know, <laughs> <Trance>. <laughs> Reminds me of my possum story. I might tell you. all <laughs> I thought I was putting out bread for the birds on my property. Possums came and ate it. So I said, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Well, a possum was, my my poor dog was out there trying to defend the house against the possum. And they, you know, possums, like, they just, they just nasty. They mean, too. Demonic little things. and You know, they snarl at you and drop over and make you think they dead. And then you go leave. Them. Oh, yeah. Come back later and He didn't do all of that when I read up on him. I said, we didn't get nearly as much entertainment out of this possum as we were supposed to get by him eating up all that bread. But I, I called a professional possum trapper. And he set a trap for the possum. It caught the neighbor's cat. Huh? Listen, whatever lands in your trap, you got me, kill it, kill it. Don't make no difference. If it lands in you, if it gets in your radar when you're praying, it gets in you, take authority over it, and you put it in its property. It he ain't got no business in that trap. If he meant some good, he wouldn't be up here on my property. That's what you do with the devil. Anytime he moves, anytime he breathes, anytime, don't sit up and look at him twice and wonder. You jump him and, and dethrone him. Tell him to let it go, drop it, loose it. It ain't for you. That's God's property. That's my property. I used to love it. Now I like it. But it's mine. Put it back over here. You got me? Don't don't let him get you involved in some kind of emotional level in your warfare. You know, be quick. It's, it's like a gun. Once you pull it out, you better use it. You got me? Don't don't be walking around with it if you ain't intend to use it sometime. So, you know, it's not a prop. Like Paul said, we're not like people who beat the air you know all that shadow boxing that's good for training but ain't no training in this thing you understand we, we don't need. we are not in that kind of warfare. what you hit you hit and once you hit it you better make sure it stays dead if you if it gets up again you hit it again because it must die. amen all right Father in heaven we thank you for allowing us an opportunity to come before you understand who we are. We're the bride. We're nice people, but we will go upside the devil's head. That's our mandate. We got arrest warrants for him, and we're arresting him in this city. We're arresting him and showing him that he has no authority here. He cannot rule and reign here any longer because God's people have risen up. And we thank you, Father, that from this city, this world is going to see something they have never seen before because you have mandated it to be so. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I do offer to pray for everybody at the end of the meeting. If there is some need that you have that we have not prayed for, this really is the beauty of, um, of having corporate prayer prayer that you can make sure all of those needs have been prayed for. We prayed for everybody's finances while we were praying. We prayed for everybody's health while we were praying. You may not have prayed those particular prayers, but they do cover this whole assembly and this whole body. So we will give it a few minutes. Some of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you received the gift of tongues. Who was that anyway? I got to give you a certificate. Yeah, praise the Lord, brother. That's right. Put it up there. Devil gets scared. That's all I got to say. Get scared, devil. Praise the Lord. Amen. You couldn't stop him for receiving, and you won't stop him from using his power. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We'll play a little music if somebody wants to come up. Praise God.